Join me in prayer as we enter our message time this Easter Sunday. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you for the hope that fills the empty tomb of Jesus. And we apologize for focusing on the death that surrounds it. Forgive us for our closed eyes and for not seeing the love that produces life's treasures through the resurrected Christ. We apologize for being passive and growing spiritual leaves with our faith rather than producing fruit developed by your Spirit. Purposefully, we wake up to produce fruit to feed the spiritually deprived person. We yield to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may have a seat. Hello and it's good to see you on this Easter Sunday. I, I got to start this way. Um, I love Christmas and Easter for many different reasons, but one of the reasons I love it is because my wife, for some reason, puts me in an extra large um, jacket. And I know why. Because I know afterwards, guess what's coming? An Easter feast that I, I can grow into on this day. So many reasons I enjoy Easter, but I tell you what, I'm looking forward to that as well. That's gonna, we're we're going to have a family gathering this afternoon with friends, and we're so looking forward to it. And I'm so glad to see you here uh, on this Easter Sunday morning. Now, for you that um, are wondering who this guy is up here, my name is Drake, uh, senior pastor here at Elevating Life Church, uh, and let me welcome everyone. Uh, welcome our guests. Thank you for being with us. Welcome our regular attendees, uh, and then of course, welcome to our membership. As you well know, I always put a special thank you and a welcome out there for them because all of this happens because of that membership. And so welcome, welcome, and welcome. And again, it is so good to be with you. Uh, this week's message, uh, let me say it this way, uh, will differ from your traditional passive Easter message or encounter at a church. Uh, and, and looking around, um, I, will, uh, I, have a re I think I, I can come up with a reasonable assumption here. Um, I'm going to do this because I'm going to assume most are Christians and are familiar with uh, the Easter story. Raise your hand if you're familiar with the Easter story. Yeah, all around, okay? We know the Easter story, the resurrection, and, and what that, uh, that, that whole story is about. Uh, and so I, I am going to go in a different direction, um, uh, hopefully to rip the veil of familiarity, that's a hard word to say, familiarity, uh, to really rip that veil uh, to redeem the grace and truth of Jesus back into our reality. Because I believe most of us would agree, uh, being familiar with stuff is very dangerous. It, and in fact, uh, Mark Twain, I believe, is the one that says, uh, if familiarity breeds contempt. Okay, And I'll add to that. It breeds contempt when you're not paying attention. And so uh, I just want to go in, in a different direction but also with the bigger picture of Easter and, and, and the resurrected Christ in our mind. So today, we're, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. That's one of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the first gospel in the New Testament. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, amid the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus illustrates 
what a resurrected and redeemed disciple of Christ looks like when they surrender their life entirely, entirely excuse me, to the restored hope of Jesus. That's what He's doing with the Sermon on the Mount. And He's getting the disciples prepared for what's coming uh, in just in, in, in a, really a few moments in the sense of eternity. And so He's preparing them and He's preparing us. And this is why it's so important we get into the Sermon on the Mount because it's the heart of our faith. And so uh, we're going to get into that this morning as we just uh, reflect and, and understand why that resurrection had to, hap- had to happen. And so with that, it, it, it had to happen because of the hope that comes with it. A hope that produces God's heavenly and earthly fruit, if you will, love, joy, peace, and patience, everything that goes with that, uh, rather than, let's say, just growing leaves where people are just left starving spiritually and physically as well. And so we're going to look at that. It's going to be different, I promise you, but at the same time, I'm hoping to connect and link you to that brilliant story that is our hope in Christ. And so today, uh, with that understanding, Matthew chapter 6 is where we will start the message that I've titled now, Religious People Grow Leaves. I want you to think of Adam and Eve here after the fall. They grew leaves to cover their shame. So religious people grow leaves. Spiritual people produce fruits. Are you with me? That's the name of our message today again. Religious people grow leaves. Spiritual people produce fruit. So today, what I I would like to do, I want to talk to you about the resurrected faith of Jesus and how it produces God's fruit to enjoy life's, let's say it this way, seen and unseen treasures. Are you with me? So I want to talk to you about that resurrected faith of Jesus. So this week's message with carrying God's love, when I say God's love, carrying the message that we started in January forward, is about producing, again, the tangible and untangible treasures in life to redeem God's kingdom in the here and now. A kingdom that is here on earth that was established when Jesus, uh, Jesus' resurrection and ascension to God, uh, the Father, happened. I hope you realize that today. The kingdom of God is here. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Otherwise, Jesus' resurrection and His ministry is done in vain. Who's with me? I hope you hear that because too many Christians are missing eternity because of a misunderstanding. Jesus came and Jesus established the seventh day of creation known as the day of rest. And that's the day we live in if we decide to follow the faith of Jesus that allows us to truly move forward in God's love, where then we are living out kingdom living with a kingdom heart. Does that make sense? I hope it does because this reality is now. Don't let it be later on because the kingdom of God is here. I promise you. So with this message, we're going to carry that understanding forward uh, through those unseen treasures and everything that this is going to take so so that we again can see that, uh, understand a kingdom here on earth that was um, 
again, established when Jesus' resurrection happened through the Father's love. Now, it's a happening or happenstance necessary to allow God the Spirit to work through an awake and engage church through the Christ followers that are committed to it. With kingdom hearts, of course, to produce, again, happiness. I need you to hear that because there's so many unhappy Christians today. You know, God designed us to have a happy life. But we've got to find the joy of Jesus first and get that into our heart. Then we're going to understand what that happiness is. And so we then, in return, can grow so that we then can develop the fruit of God, that's love and joy and peace, all the way to self-control. We can deliver that to other people when they experience us. And then we're part of that kingdom living with a kingdom heart. Okay? And so with this, read our opening verse to interact with God this morning on this Easter morning and others through kingdom living with a kingdom heart. Matthew 6, 21 is our opening verse for our message. Excuse me. This is a very familiar verse to most people who've gone to church uh, most of their life. Let me read it, uh, and then we'll jump into the message. Here, Jesus is uh, the preacher, the teacher. He's amid the Sermon on the Mount. And He says this, For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Let me just make a couple of comments here. For where your treasures... Your treasures are both seen and unseen. The unseen treasures are God's values, principles, vision, purpose. Those are all unseen. Agreed? No. Agreed? Boy, some of you guys are just like, I'm not sure. Those un- I promise you now, you can trust your pastor here. Those unseen treasures are the values of God, the principles of God, the visions of I can I can go on and on, but you get it. It's unseen. Agreed? Agreed. Thank you. There then, well, let me say this. Not only is your unseen treasures part of this, so are your treasures. Now we all get this. We know what seen treasures are: our resources, our stuff, our possessions, our money. We know what the seen treasures are. Agreed? Well, that came a little better that time. Okay? So there your heart will be also. Listen, your heart is this. Please hear there's so many people ask the question, what's the heart? The heart are your thoughts. Are you with me? Your emotions. And hear this, your choice. Your choices. That's your heart. Now, that's so important because when you can understand the unseen heart and it's lined up properly with what Jesus is saying here with your treasures, both unseen and unseen, guess what? Your physical heart is also healed. Does that make sense looking at this? Let me read it again so I can knock it home, uh, knock it out of the park. Let me put it that way. Use that analogy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's Matthew 6.21 that begins our message, again titled, Religious People with that grow leaves. Spiritual people produce fruit. And that's the fruit of God. Now with our core verse revealed for our message today, 
Let me uh, go in this direction this morning to connect kind of what was said at Stump the Pastor and some other things with Terry. Like, let me say it this way, like Easter eggs filled with treasures for God. The empty tomb of Jesus gives hope uh, for a fulfilled and fruitful life with, let me put it this way, unsurmountable treasures. Now and always. Agreed? With that agreement, then answer me this. Why are there so many Christians so empty inside without God's treasures? Ooh. Why? Well, one reason might be that more Christians give their allegiance to Burger King than to King Jesus, who's with me. And the sad part is if Christians would just reverse this or reverse their loyalty and focus on the right king, King Jesus, they would understand that they could have it their way through how they have been created in the image of God. But the key for that to happen is you, they must surrender to God fully or surrender to God's way if you expect that to happen. If not, has been shared, the emptiness of the soul is the result producing leaves to cover our shame and our guilt. A shame that leaves people ashamed, guilty, and empty. Let's bring our attention back to the third aspect of this little illustration Scott has for us. Jesus emptied himself for our sake that we may be filled with love to save the world. I don't know about you, but nowadays it's like we wake up, we're alone, isolated, empty. But maybe this Easter, between the eggs, the bunnies, the beans, and all the other activities we're doing, can I ask you a question? Will you allow Jesus to fill your emptiness? So with that, as we opened up the message and where we're at now, and if you've been here, you know at this moment, we ask a question. And that is the question this morning. The question again is, will you allow Jesus 
once and for all to come into your emptiness with this faith that we're talking about? Will you continue to fill it with your way of doing it? Will you allow Jesus once and for all to come into your emptiness? And I know this, this is a serious question because many are empty, hollowed, and isolated in their Christian faith. The reason, other than not understanding Burger King and King Jesus, another reason is uh, we lack understanding about faith in the resurrected Christ. Many believe uh, on one side of the faith discussion, uh, discussion, it's only about belief. It's me, myself, and I, and I'll believe what I want to, and I'm going to believe this, leave me alone. Remember, God said in Genesis 1, chapter 1, it is not good for people to be alone. And too many Christians are falling into that belief that it's all about me and I can interpret the way I want. No, that's creating isolation and loneliness and emptiness. Who's with me? There's too many people on that side of the discussion that just say, it's just my belief and that's what matters. Now, on the polar opposite side uh, of this discussion, many do believe uh, in something, but they do it through their actions. Or they believe that I can put all of the principles and truth and not really live it out because God will forgive me. And we have many people on this side says, well, I'll just do what I want and God will forgive me. It's not a good way to solve the faith formula. When faith is divided and misunderstood this way, let me say again, it ends up empty in a person's soul and why so many are empty of God's treasures today. Please, on this Easter morning, understand the formula of faith is belief plus action equals faith. We, we need to know this, or we will, as the Apostle Paul shared, miss the mark in the sense of the it is well with my soul and will continue to be empty. And next year at this time with Easter, you'll come back and say, why am I so empty? Because you're continuing to do the formula your way. It's not new math. If you're with me on that one. It's classic math formula of God that gets us into the place that we are truly filled or fulfilled in the love and the hope and the faith of Jesus. Still with me? We'll miss the mark if we don't resolve it or solve it properly. It's not like the California math system I went through and I did it and it was half right and they say, good enough. That's not what it is. We have to figure it out. And we continue to do that until we're face to face with the risen Christ. Paul again says, you'll miss the mark. Don't miss the mark. Now the mark is this. Please hear this this, uh, this morning. The mark is growing spiritually through loving all of life with all of your heart, 
uh, and mind and soul through the love and hope and faith of Jesus Christ that connects you with the person we call God. And the hope of the empty tomb of Jesus fills our hearts with God's love that then in turn opens the treasures of God to be used and enjoyed by anyone who resolves the faith formula of Jesus. Again, that recipe is belief plus action equals faith. And that is faith in God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and putting actions and practicing and actually doing it, making mistakes and doing everything you have to do so you can live a life that is truly fulfilled and happy. It's a guarantee. It's a promise in the Scriptures. Because Jesus established kingdom living now. Faith through Jesus will resurrect life to its full potential as it was designed to be in the first place. As we see it in Genesis 1 and 2. Faith in in and through Jesus is necessary to navigate. Okay, Hear that word, navigate. A love that conquers all through these actions and practices that produce spiritual fruit that feeds all of life rather than just grow leaves, leaving people, again, ashamed and guilty and empty. The message, again, is religious people grow leaves. Spiritual people produce fruit. Now, the fruit of God is this. Love, throw them out. Love, patience, kindness, Gentleness. What's that? Peace. What's up, sister? Peace to you too. Peace. Self-control. We, we know the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, we need to see that because religious people grow leaves or they, they cover their shame. And Paul, in, in, we'll say, uh, it's in Galatians chapter 5, he, he, right before he names all the fruits of the Spirit, he names all of the fruits or things that are going to produce leaves. And some of those things are gossip. Give me something else. Slander. Slander. Debauchery. Witchcraft, which is drug taking. Guilt. All of that. Come on, folks. Uh, I want you to hear this today because we've got to stop producing leaves. And we've got to start producing the fruit of the Spirit if we're going to live in God's kingdom where we're going to produce and feed people with fruit, not just show them a bunch of leaves. Are you with me? There's too many Christians who are just growing leaves. And listen, we know, is this a reality? We see Adam and Eve, and in the fall, the first thing they do is they cover up their shame with what? Leaves. And that's a great symbol to say, ha, we've got to change some things because God never intended us to live that way and empty. And we know this now deep in our souls. Common sense goes, yeah, that's right. We know people are unhappy or unfulfilled. And so we've got to understand how important that is. Now let me say this, and we're going to put this up on the screen. Please understand faith now, because we've got love, hope, and faith. We have love, hope, and we have love, hope, and faith. Okay, let's understand what that faith is. 
Faith is the mechanism, and for you guys out there, I'll put it this way, faith is a tool, okay? (laughs) But faith is a mechanism by which we connect with the person we call God. I said the person of God, not the thing of God. We connect with Him to spiritually grow to His vision through His love and work. And that work and love together is what is called faith. The love and work that is experienced through uh, the birth, the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus that fills life with blessings or those treasures only gain through spiritual growth that is developed by faith designed by God, not mom and dad. Designed by God, not by somebody else who's got a big jacket on. Only by God. And you've got to find those people that are going to get you closer to that reality. Rather than following culture, society, or perhaps even family. We've got to figure out what the truth is. Understand that spiritual growth is a true north. Or I can say a compass to get us to a mature place in life. To be what is known as true adults. And it is a learned faith. It doesn't just fall on you because you show up or you catch it. That's known as evolution. We are creationists and we create a life. And so that means that our faith is a learned faith through now, focus, Jesus. Not a blind faith through sinful and broken humans. That allow, it's this, this learned faith that allows us to navigate life just like a pilot does with a plane. It allows us to navigate life well to get us to our true destination in life. A destination where we are fulfilled in life. A life where we get to say, it is well with my soul. Or better yet, honestly say, it is well with my soul soul. And it's here we must know that the essential thing in life is our spiritual life. If you know that properly, we will devote our time, our energy to seek God and our spiritual development through the faith of Jesus before we seek anything else. Before we seek our sports events, before we seek our hobbies, before we seek anything else, that is our priority. And if you call yourself a Christian here at Elevating Life Church, we're going to call you out on that because we are Christians. Secondary, I'm a Broncos fan. I have nothing saying. Secondary is my work here on earth. God is for secondary. This is grandparents. You're going to be with me today. This is the hardest thing I've probably ever said. Secondary is my granddaughter. If you know my relationship with my granddaughter, you know how serious we are. She is secondary to God. Are you with me? But as you well know, it's our responsibility to nourish and provide those things for those people we love so that they will grow up properly so they don't live empty and isolated in alone lives. Who's with me? If we really believe 
that is where life comes from in the sense of our spiritual life, then we will navigate our spiritual life by faith we claim to be ours. We will do everything to ensure our tree, that's our human experience, see yourself as a tree, our tree is healthy and strong to produce life's fruit, to improve life with ourselves, with others, with everyone but more importantly, improve our life, let me say this, clinically, relationally, and through awesome performance through Christ. Does that make sense? We've got to understand that so that we can clinically be healthy. And then our relationships are good and we perform in a way that's going to add value to whoever, whoever experiences us. Hope that makes sense. Faith is a tool or a mechanism in which we use to guide or navigate life. And we're here to get better and better. Can you imagine a pilot? Can you imagine a pilot? You're going to get on a, on a plane in Denver. And, and that pilot comes to you and goes, well, you know, I, I pulled out the dummies book, figured out how to fly a book. That's my faith. I haven't looked at it since last you know, month or maybe two months ago. But I'll get you there one way or the other. You're not getting on that plane. <laughs> so with that, knowing that faith is a mechanism, mechanism, did I just say that? I meant mechanism, not mechanism, if you're listening. Oh, you guys are awake now. Look at your eyes open up. Aww. I just used the word. <laughs> All right. Now I know how to wake you up. All right. <laughs> Now, with that, I've got to move quickly here, and then I'll wrap this all up. Um, let me, let's just do this really quick, because I want to make sure before, when we, before we walk away today that you understand what faith is and how to use it. So let's, let's do that now. Let's look at what faith is. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, one very familiar uh, verse. Uh, let me say this, uh, for the definition of faith, this is the best definition. And let me say this, not only does the church or true spiritual people recognize this, so do the secular people. This, this is the, the, the definition they use to define faith. Straight out of Scripture. It's crazy. So let's look at that quick. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Was, was Jesus' tomb empty? It provides what? Hope. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Now, there's an empty tomb, but we know this. He was raised uh, on, on the third day, but then 40 days later, He ascended to the Father. And we don't see that, but we know that. It is being certain now of what we do not see. Let me ask you, do we see the values of God? Can we see it tangible? No. Vision of God. Where there's no vision, people perish. You can't put a vision in, in, in your hand. And so faith is being sure, certain. You're assured of what is hoped for. We throw our lives into that hope. It is being certain of what we do not see. And we are certain on that vision of God that sits on the other side of eternity that life can be very good, excellent, through the faith of Jesus. And we have to be certain of those things where we're at to that unseen point and have trust and develop our values, our principles, our vision, everything that that is and move forward properly 
with truth and grace. We must understand that all people have faith. Every human being has or has faith. And all faith has an object. For Christians, the object of faith is God. Does that make sense? So think about that. What object in your life knocks you out of that priority? Is there a hobby? Is there a person? Is there an object? How many people, I'm going to sit here and develop my car. That's my object. Whatever your time and money, whatever that is, that is your object. And that is your faith. But if you call yourself a Christian, you must get connected to God's vision because where there's no vision, the people what? We must understand this or we will stay empty. James 2.26 says this, and then I'm going to wrap it up for my team. As the body without the Spirit is dead. Check this out. So faith without deeds is dead. Without action is dead. And as the team's coming up, let me finish this message by saying this. Let's go back to that pilot. Let's go back to uh, flying. But let's, let's do something radical. Let's say we want to skydive. Are you with me? You go to school. You learn. And you're given a parachute. And you learn about the parachute and you believe in that parachute. You go to school. The next day you're going to jump. But you leave the school, the training area, and you're distracted. And let's say you had the opportunity to take the parachute home. You put it in your garage on the shelf. And you walk away. You walk away and go, I believe with all of my heart in that parachute. But it's not until you put that parachute on and do something that you get into that plane and you actually go up and you put action and you jump out of the plane with the parachute you believe in and pull the ripcord. Action. You've got to do that. And that will show you your faith when it comes to not only what you believe in and your action. Same with the faith of Jesus. Please hear that. Because so many people have a parachute in their garage. Their faith. But they're not doing anything. They either live on one side or the other of faith, don't they? They either believe in it, or they might do action. They might move it around. Whatever. Don't want to kill that analogy. But you get the point. Today, on Easter, let's make a decision not to only believe, but let's put our actions properly in place where grace and truth comes together. And guess what? You can jump out, pull the ripcord of life and know that you're going to get there safely. And what an adventure it is. So folks, let's learn that so that we don't just produce leaves with our faith. But let's do everything we can to understand and use our faith in the love that God has given through the expectations of Jesus, not mom and dad again so that we can truly produce God's fruit where we're feeding each other and life becomes 
very good excellence. If we can do that, we can understand the true resurrection of Jesus and His ascension, I promise you, your life, a little bit at a time, will become fuller and fuller where you're no longer empty. But again, the key is love of God the Father, the expectations of Jesus in the sense of His hope, and putting that faith in practice. So that love and practice will come together and you get to experience that great reality. Folks, the message, spiritual, excuse me, religious people grow leaves. Uh, spiritual people produce fruit. Amen?